Good evening. Our reading this evening is the whole of the letter of the third letter of John, and it can be found on page one two two six. One thousand two hundred and twenty six, that's not right. It's one thousand two hundred and thirty. The third letter of John, page 1,230 in the Church Bibles. The Elder, to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, just as you are progressing spiritually. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honours God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. So when I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, spreading malicious nonsense about us. Not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everybody, even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. Thanks so very much. Um, I, I just uh, sing down the front here, and um, I rather like the uh, uh, the board there. It's covered in um, things that. Uh, people this morning wanted to thank God for about their mums and dads. So if you weren't here this morning and didn't get a chance to look at it afterwards, uh, no, it's not the mums and dads, but mums, it's Mothering Sunday, isn't it? And uh, uh, so if you'd, uh, if you'd like to just have a look at those, they're very heartwarming, uh, what people have uh, just want to simply thank God for, for their mums. Now, we're on 3 John this evening, and uh, we're looking at the whole book. It's actually the shortest book in the New Testament. So let's uh, pray now and ask God to Help us to understand this. Father, although this is a, a, a whole book in 14 verses, we believe there are some very important things here for us. 
And we pray, Lord, that you might uh, speak to us as I speak tonight. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, you know, we're, we're all imitators. We're all imitators. Believe it or not, like it or not, we're all imitators. Every single one of us. Now, in the area of sport, a few years back, uh, everyone was... Uh, uh, wanting to take a free kick like that. David Beckham, you know the film, I've heard of the film anyway, Bend It Like Beckham. Or uh, perhaps more uh, recently, you know, people might be thinking, well, actually what I want to do is to pass like George Ford. Maybe not quite like he did yesterday, perhaps, but uh, uh, England lost to France yesterday. Uh, uh, or actually something that I think everyone would agree with, and everyone will remember for far longer than both of those two, is a Roger Federer backhand. And I guess in a hundred years' time, people will still be saying the Roger Federer backhand was a thing of beauty and wonder, and I would love to be able to play tennis like that. Or maybe, if it's not sport, maybe you're thinking, well, actually, who would I like to imitate? Uh, maybe I'd like to teach my, like my favorite teacher. Or maybe I'd like to paint like my favorite artist. Or maybe, Mothering Sunday, actually I'd like to do this or that. I'd like, according to this, food. I'd make them do food like my mum. Or I'd like to be like my grandmother or my granddad. You see, we're all imitators in one way or another. We are all of us imitators. The question is, though, is the person you're imitating a good influence on you or a bad influence on you? As you're thinking about them, as you're thinking about, you know, well, who do I, in, who, who do I imitate? Uh, do, I, do I really want to be like them? And from time to time, I think it's a really good idea from time to time, just have to look at your life and ask, who am I imitating? And is that a good influence on me or is it a bad influence on me? Is it a good thing for me to do or is it a bad thing for me to do? And uh, uh, see, so, for instance, when I went off to university, I found myself imitating the guy through whom I became a Christian, a guy called Mark Ashton. And one of the things that Mark did uh, was that he had verses from the Bible on little cards like this. And so when I went off to uni, I found myself living next door to a friend of mine called Nick. He's currently a missionary out in Malaysia. And, uh, uh, and Nick and I used to meet every Monday morning before breakfast. And uh, this is one of the verse cards. So each week we would write out uh, seven different verses and then we'd test each other. And we'd build up through the year. And this is uh, Psalm 127 verse 1. This is one of the, uh, the actual cards that we did in 1975 when we were at uni together. Still got it, still remember. Remember Psalm 127 and verse 1. Lest the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Now, uh, Christians, of course, we all want to imitate, well, not necessarily Roger Federer, but we all want to imitate Jesus, don't we? Uh, so, for instance, you know, when you've got uh, one of these bracelets on, WWJD, what would Jesus do? It's based on the idea that actually as Christian people, we want to do what Jesus does. We want to imitate Jesus. But this evening's passage is not specifically saying, let's imitate Jesus, although it's talking about imitating the good. So the key verse really is verse 11. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. And where do we find what is good other than actually in Jesus? So, yeah, of course we imitate Jesus, but we, we, but what this is saying is actually there are three characters in this passage. Two of them you do want to imitate. One of them you want to avoid like, and like the plague. You wouldn't want to touch him even with a barge pole. So we're going to be thinking this evening about this. Take care 
who you imitate. Yes, of course we imitate Jesus. We want to do that. But as we see Jesus in one another, take care who you imitate. That is the key thing this evening. Take care who you imitate. So it's 3 John. 3 John, the whole book and a sermon, 14 verses. Uh, You could write it on a sheet of paper. It's on one page of our Bibles here, isn't it? In fact, they did. It was one sheet of papyrus. It would have been when it was written. It's short enough for that. Now, there are some parts of the Bible which are really good examples to follow. There are some parts of the Bible which are, are really good, good things to avoid. And here, in 3 John, you've got both of those. So as I said, you've got two guys who you do want to be like, and one guy you don't want to touch with a barge pole. And uh, <clears throat> so here's the first one. Uh, the first one is in verses 2 to 8, and there's a character here called Gaius. Gaius. Uh, Gaius, the good from God. The good from God. Now, he's someone who you would want to imitate. Actually, we don't know exactly who he was. There are five different people called Gaius in the New Testament. We don't know which one, if, or this may be, you know, we don't know which one this guy was. Uh, It doesn't really matter very much. But there are a couple of things that we need to see immediately. And the first of these is this, that John and Gaius were best mates. So, for instance, almost every paragraph here starts with the words, dear friend. It's a, this is a letter. It's to my dear friend, verse 1, Gaius, okay? And then, uh, as if he hadn't got that, verse 2, dear friend, and then verse 5, dear friend, and then verse 11, guess what? Dear friend. So he's writing to his best mate, I would guess. Uh, and then, uh, when you look at verse 2, uh, what a good thing that is to pray for your Christian friends. Just as a little side, side thing, thing here. So he says, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and all may go well with you just as you are progressing spiritually. Those things are good things to pray for our Christian friends. Don't get so super spiritual that we don't actually pray for people's good health. It's okay to pray that people would be having good health, okay? Uh, and all may go well with you, he says. Literally, he's saying, and that you may have a good journey. So he's saying that uh, people have a good journey. He's praying that his dear friend Gaius will have a good journey through life. Now that includes, so when he goes there, he says, just as you are progressing spiritually, so he's talking about everything in life. You're going to have a good journey through life, that you're going to be healthy, you're going to be spiritually well at the end of the verse and so on. This is a really good bunch of things to pray for our Christian friends, pray for any of our friends, actually. So uh, why not pray this? Make a list in your mind of, say, two or three of your Christian friends, two or three of your best friends. And these are things that you can pray specifically for them, perhaps every day this week or every day from now on. So, uh, and then go on and look at verses 3 and 4. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, uh, telling how you continue to walk in it. I've no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Now, I love that because he's talking about people, my children, that means my spiritual children. That means people that you've been involved with over the years. So, for instance, Anna and I can look back at uh, uh, five youth groups that we've been involved in running. Uh, We led um, 
uh, three of them we started, uh, and, uh, and it's still wonderful to, perhaps I say at Christmas time, to hear news of what's going on with our, uh, with uh, those who have uh, become Christians or we've had influence uh, over the years in, in youth work from years and years ago. Uh, actually, I have to say it makes me feel very old. There was a girl in our youth group uh, in, in, uh, when I was a curate in Crowborough, at All Saints in Crowborough, I was curate there. And, uh, uh, and then she came to uh, be a lodger with us when we, uh, when we moved off. And, uh, and now she's got married to a guy, and he's just become the archdeacon of Bath and Wells. So how about that? Someone in your youth group is now married to an archdeacon. He's a kind of, uh, just a kind of one down from a bishop in the C of E, okay? And, uh, uh, and it does make you feel very old when uh, people in your youth group are married to archdeacons. And, uh, now, see, so, I mean, but that's a really, it's a really encouraging thing to see people going on, people serving the Lord. It's really encouraging to see that. And, and you, can, you can see that as John writes, uh, it gave me great joy, verse 3, when people came and told us how you were getting on with the Lord. That's great news, isn't it? And, and uh, when it talks about walking in the truth there, at the end of verse 4, um, it means living out the Christian life. So it's not just coming to church and getting it in your head. It's actually living it out. It depends what you're going to do tomorrow morning. So when you hear about stuff, you'd, you know, that people walking the Christian life have actually invited friends along to say to the youth mission this week, or when you get people kind of sorting things out in their lives because they're Christians or not doing stuff because they're Christians, then that is, that's, that's what it means about walking in the truth. It means living it out in practice. So this is the first guy who is good to imitate. To imitate someone, people like Gaius. And you see, in verse 11, the key verse really, Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. And Gaius is the good from God. He is living out a good life. God is working in his life. And you can see it there. And he's saying, imitate someone uh, like Gaius, who's doing what is good. The trouble is, there's another guy here. Now, you've got Gaius, who's a really good guy, but actually there's another character here, and he hasn't even seen God. So you look at the end of verse 11, and and he says here, anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Now, there's an issue here. There's an issue in terms of what is going on in in the church there. And the issue is about hospitality. This serving other people, seeing other people as more important uh, than ourselves. And it's about hospitality and it's about serving other people. Um, So, for instance, uh, we need to be involved in serving. Um, It was... um, uh, Stephen said that uh, he, he was referring, uh, quoting someone else just uh, recently, and he was talking about belonging in church and saying, belonging in church is at three levels. You don't really belong, and you really, really feel that you belong, unless there are those three levels. This is the guy he was quoting. He said, the three levels are being in church, involved in a small group, and then also serving. And you won't really feel that you belong unless you're involved in all those three levels. And the issue here is about serving within the church and specifically serving people who are coming to the church or who are passing through the church. And it says we do that, then he's saying that we feel, we're, we're going to feel much more that we do belong in that particular fellowship of God's people. Now, what was going on is the, in the ancient Middle East, in, in the time that 3 John was written, there were um, evangelists. 
And it was the duty of the Christian, have been ever since, and it was the duty of the Christian church to put up these people and to support them. Uh, and uh, uh, if they were genuine, they had a right to be put up and fed by Christians because there was nowhere else where they would be able to sleep or get a meal where they were guaranteed they'd actually wake up in the morning. Because Christians were universal, well, very, very widely hated in those days. So you have a look at verse 8 here. And he says, uh, we ought therefore to show hospitality to such people, that they're these traveling evangelists, so that we may work together for the truth. Now these people are strangers, okay? You see in verse 5, uh, these people are strangers and we're going to serve them, we're going to help them, we're going to support them. That's what he's saying there. But Gaius is doing a great job of hospitality and support uh, and his church have got a good reputation in doing that, of welcoming these people. Look at verse 6, for instance. But there's a problem. So you've got Gaius, he's a good, he's a good from God, okay? He's a good guy doing a good job living the Christian life. He's a guy who you want to imitate. You want to copy someone like Gaius. So be thinking in your church back home, be thinking in our church here, who are the good people who you would like to copy? And now no one's perfect, so you wouldn't want to copy everything about someone else, but what are the good things in their life that you'd like to copy? But also then, have a think about a guy here who you really wouldn't want to touch with a barge pole. His name is Diotrephes. And uh, he's our second guy. Diotrephes, the evil divider. And verses 9 and 10. Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. So he won't welcome John, and he won't welcome these, uh, these other guys, these evangelists who are coming around. So John says, so when I come, I'll call attention to what he's doing, spreading malicious nonsense about us. Not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome other believers, those, the evangelist guys. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. He is a problem, isn't he? He's a big problem. Would you want to imitate someone like that? Answer, no, you wouldn't. You would not. In fact, uh, he, won't, he won't welcome the visiting evangelists. He won't welcome the Apostle John. He's spreading all sorts of stuff about them. And actually, the people who are wanting to do what they should be doing, like welcome John and welcome the evangelists, he's shoving them out of the church. That's pretty bad news, isn't it? This guy is thoroughly bad. He says, it's not actually Christian behavior. Now, hospitality is putting yourself out for others. We need to do that. And he's saying, and, and, and this guy, Diotrephes, is saying, well, no, we don't, want to, we don't want hospitality. We don't want anything to do with these people. And actually, if you're doing it, you can leave. But as Christian people, we want to be welcoming other Christians to this church. So, guys, we want to say to you, to you guys from Forest Fold, you are welcome here tonight. Uh, we're glad to see you last year, and however many years you've been coming, we're glad to see you tonight. I guess you're having trouble staying awake. If you've been on a youth weekend, I guess you probably didn't have a lot of sleep last night. So we prayed beforehand that you'd manage to stay awake through the sermon, okay? You're doing well so far, but you're very welcome. But I don't blame you for you before the sleep, okay? We, uh, we know. But we're also praying you're going to stay awake on the, home, on the way home up to Crowborough. Now, um, we want to welcome Christian people to church, okay? But also... It's not just it's not just welcoming people. It's doing what we can to serve people. It's getting involved and doing that. Um, so the the big issue here, the, the the relevant issue for us here is this: it's an ongoing support of those who are involved in mission. 
So, for instance, I think a direct application of this is for our um, JHMT Lent appeal. Because we've got opportunities over the next couple of weeks when we hear about these things to be saying, actually, I can really get involved in supporting Christian mission work uh, through festive or through Julian and Nikki out in Spain. I can get involved and do these things. And what a privilege that is to be able to do that. Um, I love this. Someone once uh, wrote this. Through my tithes and offerings, a tithe giving 10% of what we have, um, I can help lepers in Bangladesh. I can translate the Bible for the Indian tribes in northern Paraguay. I can reach Asians in Wolverhampton. I can provide teaching resources for youth and children's groups in South End. I can reach the underprivileged of Leeds with the gospel. Isn't that good news? Just through our giving. And it means as we give... For instance, to uh, our Lent appeal, or just generally to JHMT, uh, we can be supporting Christian mission all over the show, all over the world. And what a great privilege that is. You see, 3 John, the issue here is about generosity to support Christian mission around the world. And these people coming and supporting them and helping them and getting, uh, giving the financial support so that Christian mission partners can carry on being Christian mission partners. Now, as a church... I think historically, we've been uh, uh, fairly good at that. And it's been really encouraging. But actually, you see, it'd be very easy just for one or two people within us to say, oh, we don't need to give to JHMT. We don't need to. That mission board at the back, it's just an optional extra. With the 12 people there, we don't really need to do that. No. No, we need to be involved in this. It's part of our Christian discipleship to be involved in this. And we want to uh, uh, be involved in, in, in world mission. And anyone who opposes that, actually what 3 John here is saying is they're doing evil stuff. Uh, he's also uh, uh, getting trying to push people out of the church. And he's saying here, John is saying, this is bad news. He's an evil divider, dividing the church. And this guy, Diotrephes, is not even a Christian. That's what he's saying in verse uh, 9 and 10. Uh, and in verse 11 he says, Dear friends, do not imitate what is evil. And anyone who, who does what is evil has not seen God. He's saying Diotrephes is doing evil and he's not a Christian and don't imitate him. Okay? So be careful who you imitate. Why do you think he does this? Why do you think this, this, this bloke, Diotrephes, is like this? Well, it says in verses 9 and 10, he loves to be first. He loves himself. He's self-willed. He's probably impossible to lead. And you do find these kind of people all over the show, including in churches. It was very hard work. But do expect to find them. The Church of England is governed by these 39 articles. And... Um, uh, they're, they're a bit kind of old-fashioned, but Article 26 says this. In the visible church, in other words, this is the visible church. You can see we're meeting together the visible church. It says, in the visible church, the evil be ever uh, mingled with the good. In the visible church, the evil be always, uh, be ever mingled with the good. So that means that in a bunch of, of people meeting together in the church meeting... There, there will be people mingled together, some good, but also some like Diotrephes, some evil. 
So be careful who you imitate. Don't just assume they're going to be okay because they're here in church, is what he's saying. Be careful who you imitate. And uh, he's spreading malicious nonsense, Verse uh, uh, the end of verse 10 there. He loves to be first, and it's very difficult. So be careful, watch out, be very careful about people like this. The issue is not doctrinal. There is a power struggle going on in the church there that Gaius is in. It's a power struggle. And uh, it's extraordinary, frankly, how often power struggles can wreck churches. So uh, just honestly ask yourself regularly, for instance, am I, 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 you, you can ask about me as well, but am I hungry for power? Am I hungry for power? Because churches often get wrecked by people who are hungry for power. It never will do any good. And if the answer is, well, to be honest, yes, I am, then that's something that you need to address with the Lord and to say sorry for. Do it tonight if that's you. As it says in verse 11, Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. But what is good. Take care who you imitate and never imitate someone who is hungry for power. Diotrephes was not a Christian. He was in the church, and he was very hungry for power, and he was very dangerous to that church that he was in. Don't imitate people like that. So uh, uh, we've got Gaius, the good from God. He's a good guy. Imitate people like him. You've got Diotrephes, who was not a Christian, an evil divider. He was within the people meeting together, but he wasn't a Christian, and he was dividing the church and even shoving out people who, who were trying to do good things. And then third, we've got another good guy, okay? And his name is Demetrius. Look at verse 12 there. Uh, Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. Now, you can imitate him, uh, Demetrius, as much as you like. Who was he? No idea. Absolutely no idea who he was. Uh, He could have been Demetrius, who's a silversmith in Ephesus, uh, but we really don't know. Maybe he wasn't. But what we do know in verse 12 is well thought of. He's got a good reputation. He lived the truth for everyone to see. I wonder what you'd like to have on your gravestone. You know, gravestones, they put, they put things on, on gravestones, you know, loving, loving father or, uh, you know, whatever it would be. And, uh, uh, but I wonder what you'd like to have on yours. Uh, perhaps in those days, I guess they probably didn't have gravestones, but uh, for Demetrius here, I think he'd have had this on his gravestone, well spoken of by everyone. Well spoken of by everyone. And even by the truth itself. He was a good imitator. Even by the truth itself. In other words, he was living a good and godly life. And God would have spoken well of him. And he had chosen well who he was going to imitate. And he was living it out. He's a good example. A good person to imitate. So if people are speaking well of someone else... 
There's a good possibility there. That person is a good person to imitate. So take care who you imitate. And uh, as I finish, just four questions for all of us from the passage. Uh, the first one is, uh, is this. Do I give? Do I give? Do I give to support world mission? Um, uh, please don't think and please don't say, I'm, uh, I'm a teenager, I don't have any money. I have never, ever met a teenager without any money, okay? Uh, you will all have some somewhere, somehow, I know. And, uh, uh, but do I give? Do I give? A proportion of, of, uh, of what I receive. It's a good thing for Christian people to give, and especially when you think tonight, to give to support world mission. Second thing, second question. Do I serve? Do I serve within the church? The issue in the church there was that they were, they were being encouraged, they were being stopped from actually serving these visiting evangelists and mission partners. So do I serve? What could I do to serve in my church? Back home, up in Crowborough, down here, or whichever, whatever your church is. Um, the Bible knows nothing of Christians who never serve. I think it's one of the signs that you really are a Christian. Third question, am I greedy for power? If you are, you're a danger to your church. And fourth, do I divide? Diotrephes was someone uh, who could only answer. Number one, do I give? No. Number two, do I serve? No. Number three, am I greedy for power? Yes. Number four, do I divide? Yes. You don't want to imitate him. You want to be like the other guys. Uh, Gaius and also Demetrius. Take care who you imitate. And above all, imitate our wonderful Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you that within our church there are lots of good Christian people uh, who are good to imitate. We pray, Father, you'd help us to be wise in uh, thinking of uh, and seeing good people uh, and working out good ways that we may be like them. Thank you for older, wiser, more mature Christians. And Lord, please help us to be careful who we imitate Pray, Father, we may imitate people like Gaius and people like Demetrius, and we will be very careful not to follow or imitate people like this guy, Diotrephes, here. Lord, please help us to be careful with that. Please, we pray, help us to be people who give and people who serve and people who will keep a church together and welcome those who come here who are serving you, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen.